classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for Chicago is very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halford as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Hello, headbanging hordes. Welcome back to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. This is episode 38, May 2016. You can talk to us via Twitter, at Metal Debate, or shoot an email to thegreatmetaldebate at gmail.com. This is Gom Thog, a slave to symphonic, folk, and melodic death metal, and I'm joined in an eternal struggle debating music with my co-host Brian, who don't need nothing but a good time. Brian, it's been a while since we've talked. It has, it has, but there's a lot been going on. Uh, anxious to do another podcast and let the fans know what we've been up to. I know that you've been to a couple of shows since we last spoke. Oh, dude, man. I have been waiting to see Corrosion of Conformity, a band that kind of started in the 90s, actually. It's not really 80s metal, but definitely, you know, grab you by the balls and go. And, and so when I heard that they were going to be uh, in town or near, I, I was not going to pass that up, man. And so I managed to get a, uh, a ticket and a photo pass so I could get in the pit and take pictures and headed to the show. And I didn't know it at the time, but you got Corrosion of Conformity and Clutch and then Lamb of God. And so it was like a triple threat. It was an excellent show, man. Maybe from the 90s, but still that 80s feel to them. It does. It does. You know, they still kind of hunt. They have a weird combination. They don't do a whole lot of guitar solos, so they've got that sound. Yet they still, you know, metal it out pretty good. And so I watched them, and I was at the barrier the whole night, just about, man. And there was an incident. What happened, man? I may or may not have uh, gotten into it a little too much during the Lamb of God, and I may have jumped the barrier at some point and gotten uh, roughed up by some security guards and escorted out before the Lamb of God was done, man. The photo pass didn't come through, and so I kept trying to sneak in all night uh, to get in the barrier, you know, I'd go to the end of the barrier and kind of go around the corner. This one dude kept just watching me, man. I was pissed off. And... Which sucks, because I tell you what, Lamb of God, they that's a band that I wasn't a uh, big fan of. Seeing them live made me a fan of Lamb of God. At a concert I went to a couple of weekends ago, I spoke with the vocalist for Roses Unread, who yeah. was wearing a Lamb of God shirt. She had been at that concert at Minglewood Hall in Memphis, Tennessee, and she talked about how amazing that performance was. Oh, man, it was so good. I got into it. I mean, that was part of the problem. I wanted to get up there, get a picture, do a little headbanging, maybe shake uh, Randy's hand. I'll tell you what, dude, he's one of the best front men I've ever seen. I mean, I can't even explain how he does it. He just gets you into it. It was awesome. And that dick security guard kept watching me. I'd have got up there, too, if it hadn't been for him. So, like, I see Lamb of God. I'm not a great fan of theirs, but it turns me into a fan of theirs. I come home and I listen to everything I can get my hands on. 
Have you ever had that happen? You see a band and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, I want to check these people out. I mean, I've seen a number of bands that I wasn't a fan of, went to see another band, but they were on the bill and saw that band live and became a fan. One of those was a band I just saw, which is Catechus. I saw Catechus open last fall for Elvete, had become a huge fan, and again, uh, went to Nashville to, to get to see them live. Got to see them down at Daisy Dukes uh, with Roses on Red and some other bands. We have our interview with Michaela and Chuck from Catechus, two awesome individuals. Their new single, Sanctuary, is just out. They have a YouTube video for that. I encourage our listeners to check that out, Sanctuary, the new video on YouTube. Yeah, that's a really good video. I actually got to interview Reed Mullen from uh, Corrosion of Conformity. And the really cool thing about it was I got to go backstage like right after they finished their set and Clutch was uh, setting up. And, uh, you know, Clutch is not a traditional metal band. I'm not even, I mean, they're sort of prog type metal, but I really wanted to see them because every one of them is a great musician. So I go and I sit down and Reed goes, hey, man, let's do it after the Clutch show. You get to go see Clutch. And that was a great interview, man. I mean, he talks about new music coming out. They're going to be riding on tour. They've been apart since about... I don't know, maybe 2010, and they're finally getting back together. Brian, that's a band that I saw way back in the early 90s opening for Iron Maiden, Corrosion of Conformity, a classic metal band. Was Pepper singing for him back then, the blonde-haired dude? Yes. Cool. Yeah, he's got a great talent for just delivering some harsh vocals. The only the only criticism was they didn't play my favorite song, King of the Rotten. Well, Brian, I know you went to another show in Nashville, Tennessee, Holy Grail and Devil Driver at Exit Inn. That place is an awesome place to see a show, man. And I was up front, in the middle, at the barrier, all night long. I was so looking forward to moshing when Devil Driver came on. But I had headbanged and moshed so much that I couldn't even move by the time they got on. I was excited for you because I've been to see a number of shows at Exit Inn. I think that's one of the best venues in the Mid-South to see a show. I'm a big fan of Diamond Pub in Louisville, but Exit Inn in Nashville, an amazing place to see a show. You can be right up there at the stage. The sight lines are great. The sound is great. A perfect place to see a band play. And it was the perfect place to see these bands play. You know... I interviewed Alex and Eli from Holy Grail before that show. You know, uh, bought them a beer down on the corner. And I I have to say this, dude. They were two of the prettiest men that I've ever interviewed. The lead singer for Insight, which is uh, the son of Max Caballeros, kept hitting me with his head when he was headbanging, and his hair would, you know, hit me. I could smell him, man. That's how close I was. A great place for a show, man. Uh, I ended up interviewing uh, Mike from Devil Driver, and that was a great interview because, you know, he's been around, he knows the scene, he knows what to say in an interview, but he also is honest, you know, I mean, he's very upfront about this, uh, the new album that came out, said he was basically handed two new musicians, and uh, Dez said, make an album, you know, and so they did that. The funny thing about that was, I listened to Devil Driver, I knew all of their music, I knew all of their names. I forgot to look at their faces. And so when I go in, the guy just goes, Mike, this is Brian, and there are three dudes sitting in there. And I'm like, oh, crap, I hope I get the right one. And so one dude gets up and walks out, so that's a 50-50 shot. And I just kind of stick the mic out there, and I go, so, Mike, 
and he, this guy starts talking, and I turned around, and I was like, oh, okay, there you go. So, important tip, you know, learn the faces of the band that you go to see, too. I would always know the faces of the members of bands that I listen to, but then I would call myself a true fan while I would distinguish you as merely a casual Shut listener. Up, man, listen, I, although I will tell you this, I go there to the exit end, I'm the third guy in line, the third person in line. And there's this tall redheaded dude who had actually come up to us when I was interviewing Alex and Eli from Holy Grail. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And, you know, he shakes their hands and they know him, obviously. Then I catch him in line. We go inside. Come to find out he is a youth director at an Episcopalian church in Atlanta. But he is a Holy Grail fanatic. I define him as a fanatic. He had seen them ten times in the last two weeks. He follows them around to watch them. And uh, we had a great discussion about what it means to be a fan, what kind of music he likes. It's very, very entertaining. I bet he would know the Holy Grail members by their faces. Dude, I they burned into my mind. They were so pretty. I just couldn't take it, man. I thought I was going to kiss one of them, but, you know, it didn't go that way. But anyway, he was a fan. He was like... I'm getting that set list. I'll wrestle anybody that, you know, tries to take it. So here's this kind of calm. Uh, he's not meek. He's a big, tall dude. But he was a fanatic. I, I kind of get what you're saying about a difference now between the regular. I mean, because I'm a fan of Holy Grail. I listen to all their music, love all their stuff. But he is fanatical. We love fans of metal. And for fans of metal who like brutal death metal, we've got a track for you. This is Deviance. Their song off a new planetary perspective. Let's listen to Bereft of Life.
I'm bereft of breath after I listen to that song. You know, Deviants is kind of a special band. They're a one-man band. Michael Ulig is the brainstorm behind that. We've talked about Michael. He was a sniper in the Army, and a lot of his songs come from his experiences there. Very intense stuff. I really like this song. I think it's my favorite off that album. Just back from a tour of Europe, the new Planetary Perspective from 2015. I think our listeners should definitely check out that album. Yeah. Well, Brian, I listened to our last podcast where we had our bucket list of bands that we had yet to see live. Right, right. It occurred to me that there's one band that neither of us have seen was not on either of our lists, and yet many might claim is the ultimate metal band. You know, I saw this and I kind of wondered, am I really a metal fan? Because this is one of those bands that you go to see just to say you saw them because you're not going to get a chance uh, to see them much anymore. And, of course, we're talking about Black Sabbath. I mean, how could we not want to see them? I actually thought about placing Black Sabbath on my list, and the rationale I had was I've seen Ozzy a number of times, and and Ozzy plays Sabbath tracks, and indeed, on one tour, Geezer Butler was playing with him, and they did a mini set of Sabbath tracks. That's awesome. Uh, Fairies Wear Boots, Black Sabbath, they did like four or five songs, so... I kind of feel like I've seen a version of Black Sabbath, even though I haven't seen Black Sabbath as the band. So that was my justification for not placing them on the list. You know, I I, I thought about it too, but I want to be guaranteed to see Black Sabbath with Ozzy. I I mean, there are other... I mean, Dio obviously had some great stuff with him. Ian Gillum was a great singer, but I didn't like a lot of their music that they came out with. Uh, when he was singing, but still, I want to see the classic. I want to see the legend. Even though I've seen Ozzy about three times, I want to see Ozzy with Black Sabbath. And so I guess I could put that as number 11 on my bucket list. But it does strike me, Brian, that both of us set arguably the quintessential metal band aside on our bucket list. What does that say about us? Does it say that we somewhat don't view Black Sabbath as a true metal band? Well, I mean, i tell you what it says about you. It's been five minutes since you listened to them, so they're no longer popular with you. You're not loyal to them. So, I mean, I can see you, but me, I should have been loyal to them. I should have brought that up immediately. Well, I think for you, since they weren't a hair metal band, played on MTV uh, with <coughs> Cherry Pie or Nothing But a Good Time... Without that level of commerciality, I don't think you even accept Black Sabbath as a metal band. Dude, you can kiss my cherry pie. What do you mean commerciality? Black Sabbath gets played on the radio these days more than any of those bands you talked about because they're classic metal. I mean... On, on the on the classic exactly, rock stations? No, classic metal. You dig? Just because they say it's classic rock doesn't mean it's not metal. You said yourself they're the quintessential metal band. I'm asking whether they are. Well, then answer your own question. I mean, you make it. You make the argument that they aren't by saying that they're played on the classic rock stations. I have no interest in any bands played on classic rock stations. But yet you would go see Black Sabbath. I don't know. Now, you've now, made a strong you argument. Said, you said how you've made a strong honest? argument not to, Brian. <laughs> See, man, see, you're, you're, you're flip-flopping again, man. You, they're either the quintessential metal band or they're not, and you want to see them or, or you don't. 
Some would claim that, but you make a strong argument that they're actually hard rockers like Kiss or ACDC. Oh, come on. Van Halen. Come on. You think they sound the same? You think they sound the same? War Pigs, Black Sabbath, Fairies Wear Boots, Jethro Tull. Oh, you suck, man. Jethro Tull's not even rock, dude. And don't you dare compare Ozzy and Ted Nugent. And Nugent can get it, man. I like Nugent. I saw him several times. Boston. Boston is rock, but Black Sabbath doesn't sound anything like that. Black Sabbath is played on the same stations that Boston's played on. So is ACDC. They're definitely metal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You suck, man. You just suck. You know that Black Sabbath is metal, and you know that ACDC is metal, and you love it. Well, I'll tell you something I do love. That is true metal. And True Metal is Adversary, a melodic metal band from Georgia and the U.S. Let's listen to a song off their 2014 album, Ruination. This is Intro the Maelstrom.
this gets my classic definition of metal adversary. They grab you by the balls, and you got to hold on. They're going to take you for a ride when you listen to uh, Into the Maelstrom, and you better hold on because you'll get left behind. I mean, it's just a great, great song. Now, you were just making fun of ACDC, and we've got to get back to this because there was something big that happened in the life of that band since we podcasted last. And, of course, I'm talking about Axl Rose steps in to sing for ACDC. What, what are your thoughts on that? Brian, if you're talking about pop culture, TMZ, and what everyone on the street is talking about, that's Axl Rose fronting ACDC. God, I can't stand that guy. He is such an ass, and he has such an attitude of entitlement. I hope it doesn't rub off on the band. Well, actually, I kind of hope it does, because Cliff will take a hit out on him. He will hire a hitman to kill Axl. This is the perfect marriage of commercial rock and uber commercial rock. Oh, suck it, man. They've been doing the same thing for 40 years when there wasn't commercial uber rock. You couldn't script it better in a corporate boardroom. Dude, they played their share of bar rooms just like everybody else. And this is what kills me about guys like you. Anytime you get commercial success, you immediately dismiss them. You miss out on some of the greatest music ever made because you don't want to hear it on the radio. That's not being a fan. That's being a critic. I, did you see the video of it? He uh, Axel is sitting in a wheelchair with his foot propped up because he had surgery. <laughs> There's your old rocker uh, joke, homemade right there, dude. Handed to you. Aged rocker and aged rocker. <clears throat> it's definitely a match made in commercial rock heaven. See, you keep saying commercial... But I guarantee you, you go ask the average teen on the street, they can't tell you an ACDC song. Maybe Back in Black, because that was a huge success that spanned all genres of music and all styles, all people. It wasn't just teeny boppers and commercial. It was totally commercial. It was not but commercial. If you, if you talk to 100 people, 1% or 2% will be able to talk with you about metal. Because metal is not a commercial phenomenon. The overwhelming majority of people can't speak intelligently that, about that, metal. That's the dumbest definition. How much something is played makes it metal? That's crazy. It has nothing to do with the sound. Is that what you're telling me? Is it everything to do with the sound? I don't think so. Metal doesn't provide a pop, because metal doesn't provide popular music. You have yet to mention what it sounds like. Is it good metal? Is it good music? Is there tremendous amounts of distortion interlaced with guitar solos and bass dropping and pounding drum kicks? You're describing hard rock, Brian. No, that's metal, dude. That is metal. See, here's, here's the thing, dude. You are jealous of success. You want your bands to get on the radio, but you know they can't. And we have the sweet child of mine, Axl Rose, ACDC. That is the child. They birthed this new band... And fans love it, and you can't stand it. Final word, awesome mix. That concludes this show. Before signing off, a reminder to check out all our amazing content at The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. That includes the debate podcast, artist interviews, and volatile fan cast. And make your own voice heard by joining in the conversation by coming to our Facebook page. Until our next episode, sell your soul for metal and defend it till your dying day.